0: Uh, joined now by Helene St. James from Detroit Free Press. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So, uh, Lucas Raymond. After that hit, uh, any word on like how he is? Um, you know, uh, what kind of impact uh, we know about the suspension, but what kind of impact it might have on him?
1: Well, he finished the game, so so he came back. So, fortunately, he just got had to go back for the spotter. So, um, and he he's practiced since. So uh there's no uh no reason to think that that he wouldn't be uh in the lineup tonight so they were very ha- happy about that because uh, Derek wasn't certainly wasn't happy Derek alone after the game he said you know that's exactly the kind of hit um that the league wants to take out.
0: Do you think, and this is just me being an old man and seeing stuff. And it just seems to me the later in the season, this happens, it, maybe they played to you know, each other too many times, but there does seem to be a little more, you know, violence as we prepare for the the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that may be, you know, I certainly think it's best for the league uh, to take care of it. I mean, that sends the best possible message, you know, don't, um, don't do it. And, you know, ultimately, I mean, the, Lucas could have come out of it a lot worse. You don't want to see that happen to to any player, I think. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure uh, if it does. Certainly, I think that the games get a lot tighter, uh, you know, because points you really start to realize. I mean, the Wings have had such a good January and start February off with a victory, and they're still... Only in the second wildcard spot in the East, so it really hits home how precious every single point is.
0: The Edmonton Oilers fans uh, really took to Klim Coston when he was here, and a, a day doesn't go by that somebody doesn't text in and say, "You know, can can the you know Oilers get Klim Coston back?" Um, I know that uh, you know he, he's had kind of an uneven season, but but how has he looked? Is he getting a little more playing time, or is it still strictly fourth line?
1: Well, he was uh, scratched the last game because the Wings had everybody available. Robbie Fabry, for personal reasons, is, didn't make the trip to Edmonton. So that puts uh, Coston back in the mix for the fourth line. He unfortunately just has not shown what he did uh, in Edmonton. He hasn't shown that with the Wings. He's been, you know, really a non factor most games, uh, unfortunately. He's had a few fights, but. Um, nothing just just none of the offense you know not none really of the physicality that that made him such a valuable player for the Oilers and you know I think the Wings expected a little more I mean they they certainly like his size that was why they acquired him and and signed him so um, you know there's certainly still time for him but but I mean he hasn't worked his way onto the penalty kill or anything or off the fourth line uh, higher up than the fourth line and he's been He's been the odd man out when they've been fully healthy, so not not the Costin that um, that the Oilers saw. That's for sure. The
0: the and this is something that does happen often with with I don't know why, but bigger players, players who come out of uh, junior and take a, a little more time. But I, I'm looking at the numbers for uh, Michael Rasmussen, who's who's played really well. Uh, all year, certainly in the last 10 games. Goal share is good. Scoring is good. He's a big man, six six two twenty. I think he's 24. He's been around a little while, uh, but this appears to be really uh, uh, the best season, and, and he's kind of piled two or three in a row here where he's heading in a good direction. Is that what you're seeing?
1: Yeah, and, and he was playing really well last season and then suffered a Leg injury uh, in late February that ended his season, which is unfortunate. He and Andrew Kopp play really, really well together. And for the past month or so, Christian Fisher has, has also fit onto that line really, really well. Like that, I think, as close as the wings feel, they have to a, a good checking line, a, a line that really grinds opponents down and certainly can score as well. So, but now Michael Rasmussen, you know, and, and especially his hand eye coordination, he's really good in front of the net. at you know, tipping pucks uh, into the goal. So he's been—he's a—he's a very valuable piece for them. You know, and and adds big size. And he hasn't even—I think—hardly been on the power play this season, even though he's a big guy, because they finally have enough players to make two really good units. They have some some depth at last, but. They're very happy with where he's at in his development and, and how much of a contribution he makes.
0: A, a great goal share for that line uh, at 5-on-5. Five five. They're obviously doing things, uh, doing things right there. Uh, how, how's the goaltending situation, and who, who might we see tonight?
1: As of uh, yesterday, Derek wasn't sure if it was going to be Alex Lyon or Vila Huso. Vila Huso will certainly get into one of the games on this trip there, go on to Vancouver and Calgary and then uh, Seattle. Um, before they come back home. But Alex Lyon has just been, you know, such a, a glorious story for them. I mean, he didn't even play the first five weeks of the season. They go to Sweden. Willa Huso has to return early uh, to uh, paternity paternity leave, and Willa Huso ends up playing the second of that back-to-back game. I mean, I'm sorry, Alex Lyon, that's his first start. And then you know, uh, Vila Huso got injured and Alex Lyon, James Reimer was okay. Um, but, but Alex Lyon has just been so phenomenal for them all through January and into, you know, February now. So he's been, you know, for 900,000 a season is just a phenomenal bargain. And, you know, such such a key, key reason why. They're in the position they're
0: in in the standings. Aileen St. James, our guest, Detroit Free Press. I wanted to ask you this, and this is a, a, a loaded question. I don't mean it to be because I see the standings. I know where they are, uh, but I read all the time about, you know, the the you know top 40 uh, players who are going to be traded, and there's three or four Red Wings on it. So, uh, uh, you know, I know it's too early, and they may well be a seller, but the, they – the way they're playing, they don't look like one. Do you, do you think it's possible the Red Wings are a buyer?
1: No, I I, I mean, well, certainly not a seller unless they have a, just a phenomenally bad next three weeks. I think the, what makes the most sense for them is just to be quiet. I mean, they're not a team, they're not a contender. I think that, that they don't look like a team that's going to go four rounds, right? But mm-hmm. they do, to me, look like they're going to make the playoffs. They also, I mean, when you have Daniel Sprong and Robbie Fabry most nights playing on the fourth line, you already have a veteran defense and you have three goalies, all of whom have, you know, played in the playoffs before. What are you buying? I mean, without they're, they're not in a position in their rebuild where they can give up a first round pick. That just doesn't make sense. or give up a top prospect to get the kind of potential game changing player at the trade deadline. So, you know, to me, if, if it were me, I, I think I would just, you know, if some really good deal comes up you know, somebody with term maybe, but, um, but just, I I think what, what would you change, especially as well as they've been playing? I mean, what would you subtract? Who would you add? That would be significantly an upgrade again. You know, they have veteran defensemen, they have scoring on every line. They have three goaltenders. I just think right now, it looks to me what makes the most sense for them is just to keep, keep the team as it is.
0: And and there's also, you know, the players, um, you know, bubbling up. I, I saw Jonathan Bergerin, uh do some things not long ago. They obviously have Cider uh, and and Raymond, who are uh, twenty nineteen and twenty drafts, who are 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 playing very well. It, it seems as though, uh, and, and not to put too fine a point on it, but the when when Ken Holland and uh, Archie Henderson and Tyler Wright left the Red Wings organization, uh, the 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 drafting early days i mean 2019 is five years ago this summer uh but they seem to have have uh in some ways drafted higher but also are are having a little better luck uh how many of these young players that are sort of bubbling under and i mentioned berger and might you see here down the stretch and into next year they've drafted a lot of people in the last five or six years
1: yeah, I think, you know, Berkman certainly is somebody, you know, they, they keep on him about working on the defensive side of his game, that that really needs to improve. He certainly got the offensive skills, and, and you know, to be in the NHL. Simon Edmondson, a defenseman, is another guy. You know, I'm sure he'll be on the roster next season. I mean, they Steve, Steve has drafted really, really well starting when we're at Cider And absolutely, you know, I think Ken Holland would be the first to admit, I mean, there were some – You know, it was just unfortunate. The Wings went through a stretch there. You know, 2015 first round pick, uh, Yevgeny Shrechnikov, didn't pan out. 2016, Denis Chalowski, first round pick, didn't get anything out of him. You mentioned Rasmussen, first round pick in 2017. They got something out of him. And then, you know, 2018, they draft Philip Sedina, who they got nothing out of. And pass on on Quinn Hughes, who just try and picture Quinn Hughes and Mark Sider no, I mean, in the Wings' yeah. of lineup. I mean, you know, so so, but but that's such that sets the team back. You know, when you miss on three or four first round picks, that's just that that's really really tough to recover from because it's just how else are you really going to genuinely improve a team? I mean, you, you know, free agency, the best players usually don't make it there. Trades a gamble, right? You have to give up something to get something good. So, Steve has done, you know, with, with Sider and, and Raymond and Edmondson, I mean, made some really, really good picks. And, and the other thing that I tell people, you have to be patient with the Wings is they don't have any luck in the draft lottery. I mean, Chicago goes from Kane and Taze to Connor Bedard. How is that fair? Yes. The Wings finished, they were, they were so terrible in 2019-20, and they were pushed back to pick fourth. I mean, they got Raymond, but they should have had the right to make the first they should have picked first or second like it's just they've picked no higher than than fourth so since uh, since the draft lottery they've been pushed back or or stayed pat so you know it's just it's going to take time but I do think uh, to circle back that they look to me like they're going to make the playoffs Um, but I don't think that you know making a big splurge or anything really makes sense for them for where they're at right now,
0: you know the draft odds are because of the orders, right when they got the number ones they they said uh, we're going to change the draft odds to make it less likely for the poorest teams to get the first overall pick, and the result was the orders weren't as bad as they normally were in the year they got McDavid, which made everybody mad but that's the that's the template now, and it's because of the orders and it, you're right i there's no damn way Chicago should have gotten that first overall pick, and I do think uh uh, the NHL should look at that because it isn't fair. And
1: I don't think teams tank. I mean, you know, coaches are coaching for their jobs, players are playing for their. Now you can say the GM can influence it by having putting together a bad team, but I just, I just don't, I don't, I just don't think the teams genuinely tank as a group. Um, you know that 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 should be such a big factor. And don't you want to see the teams that? Really struggle, you know, make picks that then make them better. I mean, wouldn't that be the most egalitarian way forward? So, um, the draft lottery. I mean, it's just it's, it's such a sore point with the Red Wings because they've just have had absolutely no luck. They luck, luck as far as finishing any higher or getting the first or second or even third pick.
0: So you and I are going to abolish the draft lottery. We're to work on. You yeah. work on it from your end. I'll work it on from my end. Okay. It's a deal. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Helene. Appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Anytime.
0: All right. Elaine St. James from Detroit Free Press.